Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. We had to run this train without you last week, but thanks to uh, Ben Duffy from Sure Dog stepped up and and willingly. He's also a listener of this podcast, so thanks again to Ben Duffy and, and the folks over at Sure Dog. Yeah, since I've been on, there was a lot of action, uh, a lot of news that came out over the last week, and, and we got a bunch of events to look forward to this weekend. Uh, biggest news that, uh, well, I guess the biggest news, actually fight news to come out was UFC China over the weekend. I don't know if you caught the card. I actually set my uh, my alarm to wake me up at 4.30 in the morning so I could catch the co-main and main event. And uh, as a result, I was able to uh, see a title change. Uh, Weili Zhang becomes the first Chinese UFC champion uh, in the promotion's history, uh, finishing Jessica Andrade uh, in 42 seconds by TKO. Uh, I imagine you at least caught the highlights of that. Caught the highlights, caught the finish. Obviously, you know where that aired, so I did not watch it. Um, but I still, uh, I still, I find it interesting. I mean, just the the grand, you know, the whole, the whole, everything that's going on with this sport. Um, coincidentally, more news came out with uh, one championship trying to make their way here next year. So I, I just found that to be a coincidence that that jumped out again. You know, first mention, I wrote the article for Sure Dog in July, and then I wrote another one today for my MMA news. And I just find it coincidental that, uh, you know, with the UFC making their move over there, that they keep talking about coming over here. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, the type of competition that they bring. But I I do have to say I made a mistake uh, with that fight. Um, So the first time they fought, I had Rose pick to win. And if you recall, she was winning right up until she lost when she got slammed. So my dumb ass, for some reason, thought Andrade was going to win, and I picked her to win. And then as Wei, Wei Li Zhang started clapping her up, I remembered, I said, well, wait a minute, she's not that, she's not as great as uh, the odds makers made her out to be, and, and here's proof. And uh, So I actually think if Rose gets motivated to come back, that'd be a nice fight to see between them two. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's fair. I don't think you're the only one that, that was picking... Uh... Andrade to uh, to defend her title. Uh, I think a lot of people thought uh, Zhang was being thrown to the to the wolves in, in just a blatant attempt to try to get a Chinese champion. And uh, I mean, it may have worked, but uh, or it did work. But I don't know if that was necessarily the reason. I mean, after seeing her fight, uh, seeing her body type, I mean, she is a muscular force at 115 pounds. I. I uh, you know, yeah. you forget how great Rose is uh, based on when she gets dropped on her head. But uh, and maybe it's just the flavor of the month. But uh, Zhang seems like the real deal. And uh, yeah. I'm not sure I'm not sure how really anybody matches up with her. But again, uh, fights with with Rose, uh, Joanna, uh, even Watterson are all interesting bouts uh, at that. Henry Hayes, Henry Cejudo. <laughs> Yeah, that guy. That guy needs to. Uh, that's ridiculous. I look yeah. forward to the day he loses at this point. <laughs> you know? But good for him. I mean, he's getting yeah. his name out there. We, we talk about that all the time. Enough of these guys sit quietly and, and don't do interviews and don't put their name out there and then complain about pay. He uh, he's definitely going to be getting eyes on on whoever he fights in his next bout. But you know, big win for Zhang. Um, big win for the UFC. Financially, they just picked up a champion that has a, a billion fellow countrymen. So, uh, I, you know, it, it might be one of those situations, though, where if a tree falls in the middle of the forest and no one's around, it would actually fall. You know, I don't know how many people watch that. Obviously, it blew up on, on uh, social media. Uh, but we don't see title fights very often in, in foreign countries like this in off times. Uh, I think for the very reason that if this happens – very few people in the uh in the casual fan base are aware of it uh, until the next fight i mean uh i can't recall i think she was on the main card of 235 against tisha torres Mm -hmm. Uh, but other than that i mean i saw her fight at 227 but i believe she was the first fight of the night that evening that was her ufc debut uh and then she fought on a fight night but she's taking out some big names now uh yeah taking down the champ taking down tisha torres jessica aguilar and daniela taylor 
are all uh, are all fair competition. So, and it's twenty wins in a row now. So, that uh, that puts her in a in a special uh, special level right there. And uh, I, I think it's good. I think the more international fighters, the better. Uh, as you talk about one, uh, the Asian market kind of at a point now where it, it we you know I talked about it you know coming into this year uh, with Nolan King when we had him on about how I was hoping uh, uh, Ryzen would really explode and they seem to be doing all right. I know that they get good live crowds and I think they get still get a fair good of viewers on TV. Uh, one's on TNT now, so they're making their move. They got a huge double event coming up uh here i believe in on october 12th uh names all over the board uh eddie alvarez uh demetrius johnson all their champions uh and then and now this uh for the ufc in china so uh could be a good thing uh i i look i wonder you know we see bellator partnering with uh ryzen and uh, i think it's just a matter of time before we see a full co-promoted card in in ryzen or or bellator doing a uh perhaps a piggyback show, uh, you know, back-to-back night with them and Ryzen and, uh, and getting their own Bellator Japan event. Uh, seems long overdue, in my opinion, uh, since yeah. they've had Fedor and Quentin Jackson and these guys on the on the uh, roster. I've been surprised that they, they haven't tried to uh, – Vanderlei, all those guys, I'm surprised they didn't try to move in there and have kind of a super show in Japan. But I think we're heading that way, and I think uh, Asian MMA across the board and, uh, and all MMA promotions right now seem to be doing – pretty damn well yeah yeah good for business competition is good for business speaking of business uh one of the biggest free agents in all of mma also uh, made a splash kind of out of nowhere i believe it was yesterday yeah. uh uh we we got a uh tweet sent out by scott coker uh with a red alarm bell saying uh bellator was going to announce its new big uh signing and there's not many more bigger names in the world of combat sports right now than uh, than uh, Cyborg, uh, Chris Cyborg. And uh, she's now a Bellator fighter under contract with Bellator. I believe a three-year deal rumored to be, uh, I mean, quoted as the biggest female contract of all time. I'm not sure. Take that with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, she's getting good money if she's willing to leave the UFC uh, limelight to uh, really go to Bellator and, uh, become a big fish in a in a it's not really a small pond small pond uh by way of promotion per se but probably will have a much deeper uh weight class and much more competition in the uh in the bellator cage uh aside from uh a rematch with amanda nunes so i think it's great uh you tweeted me that she's going to be signing autographs uh this uh saturday up in san jose prior to 226 for them and uh, I think that's what's good what Bellator does. Uh, obviously, they're probably paying her. She, you know, it's always what I say about these fighters. Pay them some money. Let them go sign autographs. Let them meet fans. Uh, there'll be there'll likely be some Bellator fans there that are at their first event. They'll get a chance to meet Cyborg. They'll look her up, realize she's the killer she is, and uh, and it'll gain another fan for life. So I think it's great how Bellator does it. I think it's great that they signed her. Uh, great for competition. Great for the MMA fan. And great for the MMA world. So, you know, I think you agree with me pretty much on, on all that. Yeah, no, I do. Um, the, uh, the press release they sent out after said it's a multi-year multi-fight contract. So they didn't really say how many years, but I would imagine three years is a standard. And then the other thing was that, uh, um, Coker told MMA junkie today, I believe that, uh, she's pretty much going to get a shot at, at, uh, Julia Budd as soon as, uh, as soon as they're ready to go, I thought they were going to try to start another um, like Grand Prix because uh, Cyborg's video talked about how she was excited to fight, you know, a lot of a lot of times a year, um, you know, and obviously the, the the Grand Prix have been doing that. I mean, to the point that McDonald wanted to take a break, uh, which I guess he kind of got because uh, he's fighting in October, late October. But yeah, I mean, no matter what they do, she's obviously there's a division there for her with plenty of ladies ready to go. And uh, she won't have to kill herself cutting weight and, and or deal with any of the other stuff she was dealing with at the UFC. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I think me and you are on the same page. Um, you wrote that really nice thing. I mean, the thing about Cyborg, she's really – people like to say Ronda Rousey with women's MMA history. But it's really, it's really her and, like, Gina Carano when you think about the inception of it in the beginning – 
and uh, one of the, the biggest fights that was the inaugural title was her and Gina Carano. And you actually have a really nice uh, piece that you wrote about it because you were there with photos and everything with, uh, for that fight over at theblogboardjungle.com. So it's kind of just like, you know, it's history in the making, Or, but uh, you have to also wonder how much longer. I mean, this might be her last run in a promotion, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I don't think she'll go anywhere else. I think, uh, but I think this is a perfect home for her at this point of her career. Yeah. I also think that you do the Julia Bud fight now. Um, mm-hmm. I like the idea of a Grand Prix, but we've seen through MMA history that when you try to set stuff up, um, you if they want to fight the first fight of the Grand Prix, that's fine. But that uh, kind of like we're getting with Archuleta right now and uh, and Pitbull uh, coming up in the featherweight Grand Prix, but. Uh, I just feel like you don't pass up on the chance. That's kind of their female super fight right now. That's yeah. the fight that everybody talked about. Anything could happen. Bud could go out, fight some lower contender, get knocked out, get injured. Cyborg could do the same. Um, it, there's a lot of things that could happen. So I think you strike while it's hot. You have them fight. Um, and then you could set up a Grand Prix after that, perhaps. Maybe even just do a four-woman uh I do a four woman one night tournament to set up the next one night con- or the next contender, uh, something like that. Um, I think makes a little more sense because the division's still not really that deep. Um, I suppose you could do eight, eight women, but if you got out after that, you start to kind of start to scrape the bottom of the barrel. I think you need to develop a little bit more talent before you necessarily throw them into a, uh, a title contention tournament. But, uh, that's just uh, that's just my opinion, but and we'll see what happens. But I think that that's the smart move because uh, Bud Cyborg is a headline event they can put somewhere. Oh yeah. I also think that uh, I know you know Cyborg, although her social media has always been a little sketchy about who's doing it and and yeah. what they're what they're saying. Um, over the years, she's always talked about doing boxing, um, and uh, this seems like that could open up that avenue. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Coker actually addressed that to Junkie today too in the same article. Um, that uh, if if she if she wants to box, she's allowed to do that a couple times a year. But it would be something that Bellator is involved with, and it obviously would be a the zone thing because the zone's got a lot of boxing. So, I mean, you know, Coker t- and uh, Eddie Hearn, they do a lot of uh, planning together there uh, because they're both under the zone too. So, I mean, that's definitely something we could see. Yeah. Uh... I know Jorina Bars, who has a win over her in uh, in Lion Fight Muay Thai, uh, is no law. Lo- I don't think she's any longer under contract with. She might be still under contract with Bellator. I don't know what her deal is as far as Bellator kickboxing. I know she's been doing. She has some fights set up outside of that organization, uh, but perhaps they still own her rights uh, in the United States. Uh, that could be an interesting thing in another kickboxing rematch. Uh, Ideally, in my mind, I'd like to see something crazy in Japan, maybe between the two of them, where they do a three-minute round of MMA, then they put on the boxing gloves. Oh, yeah. Three-minute round of that. Uh, you know, maybe we kind of get some kind of mixed and matched bout craziness uh, where it would allow them uh, basically the best, you know, arguably the best female mixed martial artist against uh, the best uh, female kickboxer in the world. Uh, would be something that would be pretty cool to see. So there just seems like there's a ton of opportunities. Uh, Again, we've talked about pro wrestling in the past. I think all that's open to Cyborg uh, signing with with Bellator now, and I think that if she plays it smart, gets some wins, uh, doesn't get caught doing anything uh, illegal, I should say, <laughs> doesn't get caught on, yeah, on, yeah. on drugs, doesn't get caught with anything stupid. If she if she plays this smart, I think there's enough time in her career still to to really uh, to really expand on her her fame and 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 gain gain a lot of uh, momentum as far as getting uh, making a lot of money. I mean, it's there to be made and uh, it'll be interesting. We got to, like you said, there, the U Bellator with DAZN that opens up a lot of boxing windows there uh, really across the globe. So I think it's great. I, uh, I look forward to her first fight. I actually look forward to uh, getting an autograph and a picture with her on, uh, on Saturday prior to the event. So uh, that, sh- that should be pretty cool. Yeah. You can try to get her on this podcast. <laughs> yeah no i i uh I, I try to reach out to people it's harder in in that kind of a setting um who are you telling <laughs> yeah no i know yeah. i know i just gotta I guess the key there is always make sure they have skype because uh <laughs> yeah thanks to uh google hangouts that is no longer an option for us yeah but uh 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that brings us really to this weekend, and it's an action-packed weekend. There's Invicta on Friday. There's 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 more combat sports this weekend than anybody can really even watch. But uh, the big the big fights are uh, start Friday or Saturday morning. I'm sorry, uh, UFC 242. Yeah. Uh, pay-per-view uh, main card starts at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, so it's kind of an odd start time uh, for the United States. With that said, uh, it's also not the deepest card in the world. There's a lot of, uh, potential exciting fights, but really this card comes down to the top two bouts, uh, co-main event, a, uh, a rematch between uh, 16 and four Paul Felder, uh, fights Edson Barbosa who, who defeated him a couple years ago, uh, Barbosa 20 and seven, uh, one of those guys who's pretty much fought everybody in the division. Uh, kind of a weird rematch, I guess, for me. Not one that I saw coming. Uh, potential great fight. Always a potential great fight. Barboza beat him up pretty good in their first fight. Mm. Uh, but Felder is always uh, is always game. Uh, I uh, it, it when when you see somebody finish somebody and 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 beat them the way that uh, Barboza did in the uh, in their first bout, it's hard for me to. Uh, it's hard for me to pick against him in the rematch. The first fight was actually a decision, but it was unanimous and it was mm-hmm. it was uh Felder came into the fight undefeated at the time. So it was a uh it, it was a schlacking pretty much. It was one sided. I uh I gotta go with Barboza. Uh I, I'll be pulling for Felder. I'd like to see him get the win here. I'm I I enjoy watching him fight and uh I like his attitude and his fight everybody's, you know, attitude and style, I guess. But uh it's hard for me to pick against a guy who's already beat somebody and, uh, and, and Felder coming, you know, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. I, how did you, you see that fight when you broke it down? Uh, well, in doing my homework, I mean, obviously I took into account the, the first fight and everything, but I also took into account the time passed and, uh, the lo- the, lo- the amount of losses that, uh, Barbosa has suffered recently, I mean, I, I know uh, Felder has had some injuries he had to deal with and stuff, but he's coming off a win versus Barbosa coming off a loss. And then if you look at, like, their last few fights, um, you know, Barbosa has more losses. Two of them, I think, were by knockout or TKO. So you have to wonder how much damage, you know, these guys, they always leave a little bit of themselves, <clears throat> excuse me, in the cage uh, when they fight fights and uh, take losses like that so i you have to wonder if that's going to affect barbosa you know barbosa's last fight was against uh justin gaethje if i'm not mistaken and um you know that i mean justin gaethje i feel like justin gaethje definitely leaves his mark on you whether you win or lose against him so yeah, he put him down hard in that fight so that's a yeah. good point that, that's definitely a good point i think uh and not to mention a couple fights prior yeah. uh medoff put a uh put one of his beatings on him where he landed yeah. several hundred punches. So that, that, that all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm actually leaning towards Felder. I, and I know, I mean, not for nothing, you're, you're in line with all the odds makers and stuff. And, you know, me and odds and, and picking fights lately, I've, I've been below my regular over 60% accuracy that I had in the spring. You know, I'm, I'm under that now. I think I'm like 57% with my accuracy, which is not so great. So who knows? I mean, you're probably right, but uh, I'm leaning. That's why I'm leaning towards Felder. That makes sense. Uh, Then that brings us to the main event, which is a uh, much anticipated bout. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov returns to the cage after uh, flying out of the cage and attempting to uh, flying drop kick and flying hammer fist Dylan Dennis after he uh, his destruction of uh, Conor McGregor. He fights Dustin Poirier coming off of his win over Max Holloway in a fight of the year candidate. Uh, interim champion Poirier, uh, undisputed champion, uh, really, Nurmagomedov. Uh, I, I've said it since I uh, I saw uh, Nurmagomedov fight at UFC 205 Live. Uh, I don't see anybody beating him. And until somebody does, I I'm just can't, you know, I can't see it happening. I... I I feel like I haven't really seen him in danger in any of these big fights. Uh, he 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 dro- he hits big punch. I mean, he drops Conor McGregor. Uh, he out wrestles the hell out of him. He submits him. He just mauls people, and I I just I feel like his base and and the Sambo wrestling base is is really about as good as you can get for an MMA base. Uh, 
again until somebody hits you with a giant uppercut and and breaks your jaw. But I just don't uh, I don't see that happening. And I I, uh, I love Dustin Poirier. I mean, he is he is one of my favorite fighters. Uh, awesome dude. Uh, one of the most friendly people I've ever met and had a chance to chat with. Uh, but I, uh, I, I gotta go with Nurmagomedov. Uh, I, I just, I think he goes to 28 no, and I think he cements himself, uh, even, even deeper as, as one of the, one of the greats in MMA history, uh, especially at, at lightweight. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dustin Poirier, uh, he's evolved a lot as a fighter. Uh, he's probably the best we've ever seen him. I mean, his confidence is, is super, super high, but, um, and, and even when I try to, um, I mean, he's a plus 365 underdog. Um, but even when I try to like, look at, uh, so the, probably the worst I've seen Khabib do was when he fought Al Iaquinta and he still, you know, managed to win that, but Iaquinta, you know, boxed him up a little bit. And so if you want to say there's, cause there's people that try to critique Khabib's striking as being the hole in his game but his grappling is so overpowering that i think that outweighs wherever his holes are like he's got superior grappling and control and i think a lot of that comes from training with uh i mean he's fighting he fights at 155 and trains with the former heavyweight champion of the world regularly so chances are no matter how big and strong you think you are at 155, and, and Poirier is pretty strong for 155. Um, I don't think that's anything Khabib hasn't dealt with before. So, yeah, like you said, it's it's hard to pick against him. I mean, it'd be nice, not for nothing. I'm gonna put two bucks that uh, Poirier not knocks Khabib out because it'll pay like ten bucks or whatever. But outside of that, I mean, you know, I might. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna lose two bucks. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's a hard one. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Iaquinta fight, and that's really as close of a fight as we've seen. But yeah. in that fight, he still won like what fifty forty three or fifty forty four. Yeah. I mean, it was still a schlacking on the cards, and um, I felt like it was one of those fights where he kind of he takes you down and he just mauls you so early in the fight. He seems to take the will out of guys, even if guys survive. It seems like they're just on survival mode at that point. And and even if, uh, for instance, like Al were to, to land a a punch. I, I just don't know if there's enough there for them to, to be able to go in for the finish without that. I, I don't know. It just seems like he, he's got the mental edge so much after early in the fights, he takes him down and, yeah, and, and, and does the damage, but that should be interesting. Uh, I saw Dana white say that it's trending for a huge pay-per-view. I can't believe that. Uh, <laughs> no, me neither. I, I, I just can't. Uh, none of these international pay-per-views in the United States have ever really done great. Especially and, when it starts at 11 a.m. or whatever it is, my time. Yeah, the I mean, I, I like the start time. I think it makes for a great Saturday, just day hanging out, barbecuing, hanging out with some buddies and stuff. But it's not conducive to uh, to the average person. You no, know, for you, that, that's that's running errands and shit time for me. I'm lucky if I can. I'm going to record the prelims, but uh, I have to. I'm actually going to. I have to skip jujitsu. So I can watch this, so, so I can write my seven takeaways piece for MMAnews.com. So, well, the truth is, I'll actually probably be catching some of the early prelims at the airport, and then hopefully I will be watching the main event when I land in San Jose, because <laughs> that brings us to uh, Bellator 226, uh, which, as I said, I'll be heading up to uh, with my cousin to check out on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, a nice little twenty fight card <laughs> that bellator is bringing for us uh yeah. kicks off uh you know after you got the uh, 14 prelims we get a rare six fight main card uh which is kind of cool gaston bolaños uh kicks that off and then we get into the featherweight grand prix uh 16 man tournament which uh half the bouts take place uh this saturday at 226 the following uh uh, half of the tournament takes place on September 28th at Bellator 228 uh, in uh, in LA out here. Uh, but that kicks off uh, some of the fights. Uh, I know we have we have some interest in some of these. Uh, the first bout of the tournament, Sam Cecilia faces Pedro Carvalho. Uh, probably the the least interesting of all the fights. Sam Cecilia, former UFC uh, veteran, comes in. 
uh, had, had some success here in Bellator. Uh, but the next fight really is one that I think we'll both be interested in. Oh, Manuel yeah. Sanchez uh, against Taiwan Claxton, uh, who you interviewed for the show uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, Sanchez, former title contender, uh, fights the undefeated Claxton at 5-0. and That's uh, That should be an exciting fight. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, what's funny is Claxton is not shy about admitting that, you know, the, that Sanchez has experience on him and he's he's got everything, you know, with all, all the things that, that, that people are saying about the matchup because, you know, with him being 5-0 and and, and uh, Sanchez having the 18-4 and record. But um, the thing is, I mean, uh, you know, Claxton's training and, and he's actually really cerebral. I mean, you know, he's into coding and stuff. If you haven't listened to the interview, I actually added the audio for that to uh, the episode that you were out on. So if folks want to listen to uh, last week's episode, you can listen to the entire interview where he talks about that. But um, he, um, his training and, and just his mindset for the way he once he's in camp, um, you know, he's he doesn't plan on uh, he recognizes all the strengths of Sanchez, but he's not afraid to pretty much, you know, give Sanchez the hardest time that he that he's given anybody. I mean, he's he's been wanting competition First time I talked to him, he said he wanted to fight five times in, 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 in a year, and he only got to fight three times. So um, he's super happy, and, and he comes from wrestling. The other thing he alluded to was that it's not something he's not used to. I mean, he's, he's competed three times in one day. So, I mean, uh, he's a young, hungry, strong athlete and uh, more durable than we give him credit for because, obviously, he's been winning, so we haven't seen him take too much damage. So this might be the fight where we see that, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls off a win. I mean, if and if he does pull off a win, I wouldn't be surprised if Bellator starts uh, pushing him, you know, with their marketing team. Yeah, I think his wrestling will be really a uh, a strong suit for him against Sanchez. Um, I see him possibly being able to really. Gr- it might not be the most exciting fight, but I definitely could see him grinding out a, a win here. Um, Sanchez is obviously dangerous everywhere, but. Uh, I think it does better at this point for Bellator for Claxton to win, keep his undefeated streak going, and, and really builds up another contender. Sanchez will always be there, and there's plenty of fights that he could have. Um, but speaking of undefeated guys, that brings us to the next fight where we get uh, Adam Borix, who's coming off of a huge uh, finish of uh, Aaron Pico, which really, as it turns out, seems like it was almost a qualifying fight for this Grand Prix. Mm. He faces off against former featherweight champion Pat Curran, uh, 23 and eight, uh, Borix 13 and 0. Uh, hard, hard fight to call. Uh, you know, Curran is obviously always game, uh, but he seems to be a little bit on the backside of his his run now. Uh, and and, and Borix is uh, 13 and 0. Uh, again, he was he was losing the fight up until the finish of Pico. So you know you don't want to fall into the, the Andrade thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it makes it a little bit hard to see. But uh, I, I got to say, I, I'd, again, I, I'd like to see the younger undefeated fighter move on. I think the Grand Prix gets cool if we start seeing some undefeated guys uh, moving on in this tournament, especially younger guys that don't have a huge name yet. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. And uh, it would be nice to see. But that the the unpredictability of these things is always something to to think about, too, because uh as much as we like to to have faith in and in, in, in these young guys and you know, how they get seated in the tournament, the you know we've already seen uh, like Ed Ruth lose to uh, Neiman Gracie when that tournament started. So I mean you know the, you they you never really know how something's gonna go because a lot of people thought that was gonna be a, a challenging matchup or or what have you and and you know Gracie wound up taking down uh, Ed Ruth. Which is which I didn't think was going to happen, but hey, you know, even Gracie. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I um, I don't know, man. I'm 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 with you. I, I it'd be nice to see Borix win, but like you said, when you see these Bellator vets fight too, it's hard to root against them too. Yeah, exactly. So I just think it's going to be a good fight, and and uh, I saw the brackets. I don't know if the brackets actually stand, if they're solid brackets, or if they just do kind of random seeding depending on how the results of these fights come out. Uh, so that could be interesting if Claxton and Borg sort of both win, uh, could potentially see a situation like Gracie and Ruth where we get a couple of young undefeated fighters going at it. That brings us to the co-main event of the night, which is also a, a Grand Prix bout. 
and kind of the sun, my sentimental favorite for the tournament, uh, Daniel Strauss, uh, coming off of a big win after a long layoff, uh, after a, a automobile accident that almost took his life. Uh, he's uh, again, multiple time, former champion. Uh, he faces Derek Campos, who is always dangerous and, uh, and, and can really bring the violence to the cage. I, uh, I can't go against Strauss. I, again, I don't know if he's completely back. Um, you know, he didn't fight the best competition in his return bout, but I, 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 he looked really good in the fight. So, you know, I'd like to see Strauss win. I think it would be cool. I think it would be an awesome story if he was somehow able to get through this tournament and set up another fight with Pitbull. Uh, I mean, they fought they fought a handful of times already. They fought four yeah. times already. So, yeah. I mean, I, it'd be kind of cool to me to, if you were to see Pitbull Strauss five maybe at the end of the Grand Prix. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, you know, a lot of storylines going into that one. Yeah, no, and I remember I watched that fight where he lost uh, the title to him, and um, the fight was good. And I remember actually, I think I put it on social media that I would not mind seeing a, a Pitbull Strauss five. Um, and uh, you know, obviously with what he went through, yeah, I know he won, come, came back and won, but you know, like again, I, I always, I'm always concerned with 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 how much how how much has he returned. Um, I mean, hey, maybe those were the cobwebs shaking off and stuff in that last fight, and 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 that that's all said and done, and he's you know Daniel Strauss is back, but uh, you never know, man. So um, I would like to see him, like I said, with the same thing with Curran, man. I I, I like to see the, uh, the vets win. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, it's it's freaking crazy weather here in Jersey. Yeah, um, no, but yeah, here. no. <clears throat> but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Campos uh pulls the one off too yeah i mean i think all the fights i think all, all four of the the opening round fights this night are uh are really competitive and, and i think that's the cool thing about this tournament is we really don't know you know we get archuleta and and, and uh pitbull in the opening round so in theory one of the top contenders disappears from the tournament um and 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 we really you know you got uh aj mckee is another top name but uh he's got a tough fight so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds, how they do the seeding, um, if they stick to an actual bracket or if they mm. just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I always think it's cool to kind of do the old school UFC thing where you just kind of everybody that wins, you put their name into a hat and then you draw the next round, you know, do something just kind of off the wall. Make yeah. them like make it like a lottery. Put them all in little balls and, <laughs> and, you know, pull them out of the hopper and stuff like that and make kind of a. Uh, do it during a press conference and kind of set it off. You know, I, I think stuff like that's kind of cool and it doesn't allow for guys necessarily to have such a mental advantage of preparing for somebody or thinking ahead. They, they, they do the drawing and then maybe six, eight weeks later that the fight comes up. So that'll be interesting. Uh, but again, grand Prix winners brings us to the main event where Ryan Bader uh, coming off of his heavyweight grand Prix heavyweight championship bout uh, win. Uh, Faces Chet Congo, who's on a huge winning streak in Bellator, um, a true heavyweight, uh, 30, 10, and 2 in his career. Bader, 27, 5 between heavyweight and light heavyweight, with obviously the majority of that light heavyweight in the UFC. Uh, I feel like probably most people are picking Bader, uh, and it seems like the easy pick, but I, I, ever since this fight was announced, there's been something inside me that's just been thinking that Chet Congo somehow figures out a way to win this fight. And it, Congo will probably get knocked out with an overhand right 10 <laughs> seconds into the fight, like he did when he leaves his hands down to Roy Nelson. And, and uh, gosh, I think what Mitrione did him wrong. I mean, a few guys did him wrong early in the in his UFC run where he seemed to always want to keep his hands down. But uh in his run in Bellator, I've seen him fight live a handful of times, and obviously we've seen him on, on TV uh, all the other times. He seems like a different animal, and uh, if he guards his chin, I don't know where the – I don't – I it, to me it's a toss-up, but I, I just – I lean towards Congo for some reason. Mm. I, I, I feel like there's a chance he could somehow end up on top. I don't know. Again, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, everything calls for Bader, but uh, well, truth be told, Bader made it through the heavyweight tournament. Yeah. Beating King Mo, who is really not a true heavyweight, uh, out wrestled Mitrione, who's on and off, and then and then he got a quick uh, knockout of, of Emilianenko. Um, 
in, in really a one punch fight as well as and the one punch fight was also the King Mo fight. So I'm really curious to see how he does in a, in a little bit longer of a competitive heavyweight fight. And, and, and that could really change my opinion on where Bader stands as far as a true heavyweight. But, mm. um, I, I don't know, point. you know, yeah. so that's a good it, point. But, uh, I mean, uh, so my only thing is, I mean, yeah, you're not, you might, you might not be off thinking about Congo Cause I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Congo might have a reach advantage over him. And uh, he used to be a decent striker or, or, or better than he used to be. I don't know. I mean, he's been fighting for a while. And uh, I mean, I hope he doesn't hear this because he, he, he definitely checks media when he sees them <laughs> uh, about what they say. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, I'm just being as uh, whatchamacallit objective as I possibly can be as you are for the fight. But um, I, I think um, I mean, I do think, you know, Coke, Coke has been blowing up Raider Raider Bader as a heavyweight champion. Uh, that he's the best ch- champion that he's ever seen out now. And, and um, I mean, I think uh, the I, I, I think his wrestling may be better than Congo's used to dealing with. Um, you know, I, I put up that video from the open workouts where he was drilling his uh, his like that attack style wrestling that he does. So maybe he can, you know, dominate. A, it, it might not be the most entertaining thing, but he could probably control it for a win. But uh, you're, I don't think you're off either. Uh, I do think Congo might have a reach advantage. And if he uses it right, he could probably uh, tag Bader up. My problem with Congo is that sometimes he just fights really weird. You know, like off. Yeah, no, I, and I totally agree. And I'm looking back. He, never, he didn't fight. Or he, he beat Mitrion, uh, Mark Hunt. So he went down to some big strikers. Mark Hunt, Roy Nelson caught him early in their fights. Frank Mir did at a time when Frank Mir was was huge and, and still a, a real force. And I mean, he's got losses to Herring and, and Kane Velasquez and stuff. So nothing to, to scoff at in his career. And, and um, I, I, I hear what you're saying uh, about his fight style, but yeah. uh, I'll be interested to see how Bader matches up with Congo's strength. Cause one thing Congo always brings to the cage is strength. And if he's able to kind of muscle him up against the cage and, and use his knees uh, again, hopefully not crow cop style. And he's able to get those knees into the gut as opposed mm-hmm. to into the cup. But uh, <laughs> I, I just feel like uh, Congo with his elbows, with his, uh, there's a lot to the, I, I feel like he hurts you when he gets a chance to hurt you. He doesn't really let you off the hook per se. Um, if he gets you, uh, if he gets you reeling. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, a lot of it points to Bader as, as kind of the, the hot ticket right now coming off that grand prix. But you know, if I'm being objective, even as a huge Fedor fan, he really kind of had an easy run through it. Um, not necessarily beating all easy opponents, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have any kind of firefight. Um, I would have never thought he would have got through Fedor and, and King Mo with, a, with only throwing two punches. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's unheard of. It, it, the, the gods were on his side, as I'd say, uh, going through that tournament. But, uh, I don't know. I just hope it's a good heavyweight fight. Um, Bellator finally, we kind of have a heavyweight championship that's potentially going to get some momentum going now. Uh, Minikov held that for a while and, and disappeared. So the heavyweight division disappeared basically for about, you know, three, four or five years, whatever it, uh, it exactly was. It seemed like it was forever. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Congo win. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that does for the division. Uh, there's a bunch of good fights. Uh, Minikov coming off of a huge knockout of Tim Johnson in his last fight uh, after Ayala was had had to pull out the day of the fight. But uh, I, I think the heavyweight division in Bellator has a chance to really, really get some momentum going and uh, and, and get some good championship fights uh, in the very near future. Yeah, man. I mean, that's definitely. Uh... Definitely going to be a busy weekend. I mean, on top of that, CES 58 is out here on the East Coast, so um, I have no idea what I'm going to be watching after 242. Um, you know, obviously, I, the press conference and all that stuff for 242, I have to watch it, but then uh, I'll be catching up on something. I think 220, what you're going to be at is the Bellator events, uh, the zone exclusive, isn't it? Yeah, but the first 14 fights will be on the Bellator app. Mm-hmm. So you can watch the first 14 fights before you even get over to the zone. Um, it'll also be on the zone for people that, that have the subscription. Um, so there's several ways to watch the prelims. 
Uh, and then, and then, as you st- state, the the main card kicks off at ten o'clock your time, seven o'clock uh, Pacific. So, it's going to be an action-packed weekend. Uh, uh, there's, you know, check out Greg Baca Hitman's combat schedule on uh, on Twitter. Uh, check out his link. He has it all the events, all the links. Uh, everybody can watch. It's uh, magical work that that guy does uh, in the MMA world. So definitely check that out. Um, but while you're at Twitter, you can check me out at MMA Hawk 21. You can catch Ed at Carbazal on Instagram. I'm also MMA Hawk 21. And Ed is at Carbeerzal. The show is at Combat Hour on Twitter and at Coast to Coast Combat Hour on instagram stay tuned for our audio listeners ed was able to catch up with Derek anderson a couple weeks prior to his big bellator 229 fight out here at the pachanga indian reservation uh as i stated earlier unfortunately hangouts dropped out on us so we weren't able to do our normal uh show interview but uh ed always does a good job with the phone interviews so he was able to get some words with uh Derek. uh so again for our audio listeners uh, or if you're watching on video, click on the audio link and you can skip to the last uh, 10, 15 minutes of the show and uh, and catch that that quick interview with Derek, uh, who uh, worked out a schedule prior to his uh, training to to come on and talk to Ed. So give him a listen. All right, cool. Peace, y'all. All right. Uh, Derek, I understand I'm catching you on the way to training, uh, but thanks for taking uh, some time out to talk to me. Sorry about the the mix-up with the uh, the connection. Um, no uh, so you're fighting uh, Bellator 229 October 4th. Um, yeah. Your opponent is Guillerme Bomba Vikincelis, if I'm saying that right. Um, it's been a while for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while, but... Uh... Uh, I don't. I don't feel rusty. I just feel hungry, so I'm ready to go. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, you have a like. You have some wins over some notable people on the Bellator roster. Um, I'm actually surprised that it's been so long. Have you been injured or what's been going on? Uh, yeah, I got hit by a car actually about a year ago, and um, just kind of been uh, healing up and um, making sure I was ready to go. And uh, we got something matched up finally, so uh, it's time. Wow, so everything's good. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right. I'm okay. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Thank God for that. Um, are you? Uh, 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 but everything's 100. percent I'm sure you got cleared medically and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty strong. Cool. I mean, you sound confident. I know I'm catching you before training, so I won't keep you too long. But um, did uh. The uh, your opponent, I mean, he's uh, his his record. He's like half and half with his with his wins, with KOs and submissions. Uh, have you done any homework on him? Are you concerned about his stand up or his grappling at all? I, I've done my homework. Um, I'm not really concerned about much, man. I'm uh, I'm uh, you know, he's gonna be the bigger guy and stuff like that. And uh, I'm moving up for this for this fight. I'm completely okay with that. I feel like it's gonna be an advantage uh, for me to have that. Uh, speed on him and stuff like that. Honestly, I just feel really good, really confident. I don't think he's going to be able to mess with me too much. Yeah, I mean, you, you've already fought some tough customers. You, you said moving up. I mean, it's at one. Is it at one seventy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, do you think um, I was? You know, that's that's crazy that you, that you, you mentioned the car accident. It actually, threw me off my questions because I I thought it was just due to like uh, something marketing or, or an inactivity, but I saw. I did look at your record, and I saw some bouts had gotten canceled, so I guess that was because of the accident. Um, are you able to, like, what was the extent of the damage that you had? Um, you know, I just uh, had a few tweaks on some uh, fighting injuries that uh, didn't, uh, you know, I couldn't fight through for a change, you know, so I just figured I'd uh, let it heal up. You know what I mean? I, you know, I've never been a guy to take time off. I've always just said I'll fight anyway, you know, hurt or not. And um, it was time for me to listen to my body and uh, just let everything recover uh, 100%. So I can come back, you know, real strong. Yeah, no, I'm 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 glad that you are, man. I mean, that's that's actually now I'm really looking forward to your, your fight. Um, so uh, with Bellator, what do you think they look for? I mean, it looks like you have some wins over some really notable guys like Sadawad, Patriki. Uh, you you fought him twice, so. Um, like, what do you think they look for to, to push a fighter? I mean, do they know about your accident, and is that any in any way going to be involved with, like, promoting you for this event? Um, I don't know. I hope so. They should know. I mean, they know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, 
uh, maybe just got to work on uh, uh, having my manager handle some things a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, um, uh, I mean, for me, they. I mean, you know, I don't have quite. I don't have a big following, but uh, you know, I always fight real hard, so that's why they keep me around. And um, you know, uh, I'm the top of the food chain, and they know it. They just want me to uh, realize that and uh, do everything I need to do to do that. And uh, you know, I'm very. I'm older now. I'm ready to do all that. You know, I've had this uh, career almost taken away from me, and um, I'm not gonna let that happen. So, what do you think about um, as far as because you have actually more submission wins than your opponent does? Does it, does that give you confidence as far as like where you want to engage him, or are you the type of fighter that likes to just you know uh, feel out the fight as it as it happens? Uh, well, you know, yeah, I feel it out a lot. You know, like I always like to keep it banging, but um, I do have some great grappling and. Uh, Supposedly he's pretty uh, versed in grappling too, but I'm not worried about that. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of um, I just fight, man. And uh, you know, uh, he's gonna have a, have a real hard time with me. Uh, you know, like uh, he wants to grab on or anything like that. I know exactly what I'm doing. You better watch out. Uh, I'm gonna light him up. You know, what I mean, on the ground. Of course, I can catch him too. Uh, I just. Uh, you know, I'm probably gonna bang him up a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, well, I hope so. The uh, one of the names, a few of the names that I noticed as far as like uh, canceled bouts that are that uh, uh, while you were, you know, that they were trying to book anyway, were like MVP and Paul Daly. Are those fights that you'd like to have happen if you get past uh, Guillermo on, on uh, in October? Yeah, those sound great. You know what I mean? Like. Um... I don't know what the what the deal is with those guys, man. It was like a big publicity stunt or something like that for both of them because they both backed out last minute. I mean, Paul, I guess the doctors or you know the commission said he couldn't because he tried to uh, get an IV when you're not supposed to do that anymore. Mm. And so that was one thing. Um, but uh, MVP um, backed out like a week early, and it was like you know he said he had a hurt knee, but sure enough, he's matched up with Paul Daly real soon. And you know I think he's uh, he, he he under uh, underestimated me, and then he started to get a hold of my comp, get a look at my confidence and my he was watching my tapes and he was like yeah this guy's gonna bring me trouble I'm not, i don't want to do that so you know i don't know what the hell they, you know cause they, they uh they were both matched up with me before they were matched up with each other there and uh, i guarantee you i put on a way better show than both of them did in, our, in that fight you know what i mean and, uh, yeah. yeah no i want that fight one, one of those fights you know what i mean like um i've been asking for that for a long time i don't know why they're running so i don't know why bellator didn't just set it right back up you know what i mean so apparently they got somebody watching their back but, uh, you know, I'm here to fight, and Bellator knows that. So, uh, you know, man, I'm here to get belts, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, either name you should be uh, on your mind, hopefully, after after uh, if you pick up a win in October. Um, you know, it's funny. You met, we're talking about that. I actually covered that event for SureDog um, when they fought over here on the East Coast. Um, so, obviously, you watched that fight. What was your opinion? Is, is there any... Between the two of them, was there one that you liked that you saw as a, a better fitting opponent? I thought they were both terrible. I thought they'd be, both be great opponents for me because it's a payday. <laughs> and um, I know Paul. Uh, it's it's really like embarrassing with his ground game. Honestly, like uh, when I was matched up with him, you know, I always like to keep it banging with people. But uh, you know, um, I mean, uh, he's just his, his ground game is terrible. So it's like might as well just choke him out in thirty seconds. <laughs> Wow, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, a lot, there was a lot of criticism on that fight af- uh, afterwards. Well, I'm talking about a previous fight, too. I think when he fought Rory, Rory did that in about 30 seconds, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. That's correct. And like, yeah, Rory's just done and all that, but so am I, so, you know what I mean? All right, so are you, I mean, uh, the, it sounds like you got good energy um, uh, training out of, in San Diego. What, what's the fight camp that you're a part of? Um, I got a few uh, few gyms I go to, but uh, my uh, my home MMA gym is North County MMA in Escondido. Um, I got Navarre's Boxing and Vista. That's uh, uh, where I do all my striking. They got great stuff. You know, I do some uh, kickboxing. Sometimes I go out to uh, Arizona. I got uh, the Wolf Pack out there. I train with Frank Bamford. He's a he's a, uh, a veteran of the sport and knows a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I get my grappling on a tent planet. You know, I go all around, man. Um, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta. If I, if I don't get enough of something somewhere, I'll, I'll find it somewhere else. You know. Yeah, no, you definitely got to stay bu- busy. I mean, it, it must have been a task, especially coming back from the from the accident with the injuries and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that this is something that that fans should know about leading up to that event. I, I hope they're going to. Uh, I hope they talk to you and shoot some some footage and stuff to to help build up the for the fight because you're on the main card, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm sure they will. You know, I mean, they'll get around to it. I don't know. Like when I'm out there for sure, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's at Pechanga. That that's pretty easy for you to get to, I assume, right? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I used to, I used to hate the uh, the local shows because I don't like to. You know, everyone bugs me for tickets and stuff like that, and I just want to go fight. You know, what I mean, like. Uh, Back in the day, it was, it was real cool to just go fly somewhere and go fight, you know. So, uh, but uh, these days it's not. It's cool to have that support, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, and plus being real close to home, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm gonna go get a smoothie, homemade <laughs> and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good, and and I hopefully that you you get us some kickback for if you're uh, selling tickets too. So, um, I mean, money's always yeah. nice too. The winds are good too, but the money's got to be nice too, right? That's true. It always help out. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, Derek, I know you're on your way to training. Actually, um, I mean, wow, I mean that that really, uh, that, I was really surprised to hear. I'm really glad you're doing better. Uh, I hope you do well uh, at Bellator 229 October 4th. Um, I mean, if you have any sponsors that you want to, because I'll, I'll be uploading the audio for this for the interview. If you want to shout out any of your sponsors or anything, by all means, go ahead. I don't. Um, yeah, I got a. You know, I got a, I got a few of the same old ones. I got a. Flinch Gear, uh, Roof King, um, JTY Construction. Uh, yeah, it's a few. You know, what I mean, I, I still gotta collect some money. <laughs> yes, <You> know, sir. <laughs> to get my name back out there, and then uh, maybe I can get some good sponsors. You know. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, hopefully, hopefully you get the W and you and you get the you get those names too. Um, all right. Well, thank you again, Derek. I'll let you get to training. And, and I'm again, I'm really glad that you're you're you know back on track and fighting. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the accident. But I'm glad you're you're back where you need to be. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. No all problem right. talking to you guys too. All right. Take care. Yeah. You too. Have a good one. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on youtube and anywhere you listen to podcasts also if you'd like to help us out and donate uh the support links are in any of the uh podcast descriptions and then some of the links are also provided on our youtube channel the blogboard jungle um thanks again for listening and if you give us some support we'll give you a shout out on the podcast maybe uh bring you on for a ufc pay-per-view breakdown or two thanks again <laughs>